The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and I'm your host. I'm a physician who was trained in Britain. I'm living in Canada, and I've worked in the U.S. Since I returned from medical practice, I've become an activist for family caregiving, which explains the name of the show, Family Caregivers Unite. Our topic today is special needs planning for family caregivers. A question which special needs family caregivers so often ask is, what will happen to my child after my death? It's a question with answers in financial planning and legal matters, and to explore these things, our guests are today Fred Ryle and Craig Ross. Now, first of all, Fred Ryle is Bearing Capital with Bearing Capital Partners, where he specializes in estate planning for families who have special needs children. Now, his background is that he played professional football for the Toronto Argonauts in 73 and 74, and in 2008, he completed the Boston Marathon. He has 35 years of membership of the Financial Advisors Association of Canada and is past president and now a board member of the Peel Halton chapter. He's a board member of the Community Foundation of Mississauga, a member of the Estate Planning Council of Mississauga, and a member of the Century Initiative Program. For the last 18 years, he's raised $400,000 for cystic fibrosis, and in connection with that work, he is the recipient of the Julia Award. He's a former board member of Jake's House, an organization for autistic children. Our other guest, Craig Roth, is associate with the law firm Pallet Vallo LLP of Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. He has an honors BA from the University of Toronto and an LLB from the Osgoode Hall Law School. All to the bar in 2006, he's practiced exclusively in wills, estates, and trusts. His practice includes complicated estate planning for business owners, U.S. citizens, international wills, and disabled beneficiaries. It includes use of trusts in various ways to achieve estate protection and income tax savings, and it includes representing and advising attorneys and guardians for personal care. He's a founding member and director of the Estate Planning Council of Mississauga and a director of Community Living Mississauga. He's presented on estate planning and estate administration for the Ontario Bar Association and the Law Society of Upper Canada. So let's get started with Fred. Fred, first of all, please tell us a little bit more about your career in the financial world and how you came to be interested or involved 
in special needs planning for family caregivers. Fred? In all honesty, Doctor, it was Bonnie Yeager and Suzanne Michaud, the two estate planning lawyers in Mississauga, that they planned my future for the next 20 years. They work for the firm of Palavello, and they suggested that I actually work with them in this niche market. So, doctor, I really cannot take any credit at all for this. It was two of my esteemed friends who decided my future. <laughs> Very neat. <laughs> now, Craig, please tell us a bit more about your career as a lawyer and how you came to be interested or involved in special needs planning for family caregivers. Sure. I, um, I think I've always had a bit of a... Uh, what I'd call a social advocacy bent. I wouldn't call myself an advocate because that would put me out on the Occupy Toronto streets. But uh, I would call myself a bit of a social advocate, and I always have uh, a need to fill that um, fill that part of my life. And I started um, during my during my legal training, uh, assisting folks mostly with um, mental illness, uh, helping them have secure housing and um, financial support. And when I became a lawyer, I was lucky, also lucky enough to um, have have Bonnie Yeager as a mentor. Uh, she wasn't involved in the mental illness sector as much as the um, sector that services people with intellectual disabilities, and specifically Community Living Mississauga. And I was lucky enough to get mentored to be uh, a board member of that organization and and continue to be very involved with that. So that's that's uh, in a nutshell what's uh, what's put me in this realm today. Okay. Now, back to you, Fred. When you and we talk about special needs, what exactly mm-hmm. are you referring to? I'm actually referring to children and adults who are mentally or physically challenged. You know, these are very special people and have very different needs. So when I sit down with them, I specifically look at will planning, planning with their parents and caregivers, I often want to know where they're going to live. Have they thought about living alone or perhaps in assisted living? I also look at uh, how do they qualify or do they qualify for ODSP? Or how do they set up an RDSP? I'm just going to ask you just quickly to say what those terms mean because some of our listeners may not know what they are. What is ODSP, for example? Sure, Doctor. ODSP stands for the Ontario Disability Support Payments, and it's a program that is run uh, by the provincial government, and at age 18, you can qualify for a certain amount of money and uh, health benefits, and it ceases at age 65. But it's very, 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 uh, uh, how can I put it, uh, restrictive, You have to be very careful about assets and money, and you have to be very aware of what assets that could be exempt. So although it has a really important purpose, you have to be very careful in how you plan with that. And in terms of the RDSP, the Registered Disability Savings Plan, this is a program that was introduced by the Canadian government federally back in 07, And uh, it is now a program where it allows people to deposit money into a tax-sheltered vehicle for the uh, particular uh, son or daughter, and this money can grow tax-free, and then later on, this can create another income stream for the child. 
Right. So when you sit down with uh, clients and you talk to them about whether it's the ODSP, an RDSP, I also have to make sure that we look at trusts, what type of trusts are needed and how they're going to pre- certainly going to protect them. And then finally is what other benefits they may be entitled to, you know, certainly going forward. Right. Craig, for a family with special needs, the kind of special needs that Fred's just been talking about and any others that you think of, you know, you mentioned mental illness, for example. Mm-hmm. At what point should family caregivers consider taking legal advice and why should they take it at that particular point? Sure. I'll just preface everything and following up on Fred a little bit to say that uh, Fred and I, <clears throat> our expertise is in um, Ontario. And so when we talk about something specific, we're usually referring to Ontario. That said, uh, across Canada, and I would have to expect in, in uh, the United States as well, uh, each jurisdiction will have its own uh, benefits for people with special needs, and it's important for all family caregivers to know what they are and, and what legal and, and financial resources they might be able to utilize to make the best possible life for that person. So specifically, um, with respect to when folks should uh, seek legal advice when they're thinking about planning for somebody with special needs, uh, there's, three, there's three basic times that I see. Uh, first, and again referring back to Ontario and most of Canada, um, folks with special needs become eligible for the benefits, uh, the ODSP benefits or other disability benefits that Fred was talking about when they turn 18. So uh, as, a, as a child with special needs approaches that age, um, the clients may have to look at um, their own assets, uh, the child's, uh, and, you know, I use child as a, it's not a description of the person, but just the relationship, um, but look at the assets, make sure that the person who's applying or going to apply is eligible, and if we have to make any adjustments to make them eligible, we make them at that time. The other thing about um, children turning 18 or reaching the age of majority is parents um, specifically often don't realize that they lose their legal authority uh, to make decisions on behalf of their children when the child turns 18 or reaches the age of majority, whether or not that person has legal capacity to make decisions. So the point there being that it is often the case that somebody um, with an intellectual disability, say, may not have the legal capacity to make decisions after they turn 18, but the parents also don't have that capacity without taking some further step. Uh, another time that folks might have to seek some legal advice when, when trying to support people with special needs is, of course, when they run into a problem with a benefit, benefit provider. So a bene- benefit provider has said, we need an accounting of, of the family assets, um, we think you're not eligible anymore and we're going to stop giving you the assets. There's strict timelines often uh, when those decisions are made, so it's very important to seek legal advice. And last and somewhat most importantly and specifically with respect to my expertise is getting a proper estate plan in place because you open the, you open the uh, show, of course, by saying what happens uh, when, to my child when we die. And that is almost completely a question of how you've planned your estate possibly together with um, what arrangements you've made with, with community support providers to create independence. And I don't want to jump too much ahead, so I, I think I'll leave it there. Okay. Back to Fred for a moment. Um, do you and Craig work together uh, in 
helping family caregivers in this sort of special needs situation? And if you do, is that the kind of relationship you think is useful for families generally? That is to say, financial planner and lawyer working to, working to, together. Excuse me. What, you, you want think? to answer that, Craig? Uh, uh, sure. I, I would say it's fundamental um, that, that there's always a team approach to planning for, for anybody. What I always say um, to both the financial planners out there and, and uh, the general population is uh, people's relationship with their lawyer is usually uh, repetitive but temporary, whereas a financial advisor and, and sometimes an accountant has a more connected relationship with the client and, and generally takes a more um, whole wholesome approach. I don't know if I've used that word correctly, but a global approach to the financial and planning well-being of the client. So I can put very simply that I rely on uh, people like Fred and other people in his industry to have a good eye on the needs of their clients. And when they're identifying the issues, like the issues we're talking about today, that's when they send them to me. Okay, great. Now, it is time, talking of money, for us to pay our rent. So we're going to take the break now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Fred Ryle and Craig Roth. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We're going to be back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. To perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On Mind, Brain, and Body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G 
at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Fred Ryle and Craig Ross. Our topic is special needs planning for family caregivers. So let's now talk about the planning challenges for family caregivers <coughs> with families with special needs. Starting with you, Fred, I'm going to say this, that planning for retirement is a challenge at the best of times. Now, always asking you from the financial perspective, what makes planning for retirement such a major challenge for families with special needs? Fred? It's a very good question, Doctor. In terms of planning for special needs children, it's making sure that the entire process makes sense. Taking complex subjects and putting them into layman's terms is often key. It's sitting down with the clients and integrating the Ontario Disability Support Payments, making sure that they're very aware of them and how they work and how much money we are looking at and what benefits we're looking at so they're never, ever removed or lost. It's making sure that we have an absolute discretionary trust or often referred to as a Henson Trust is in place at the time of death of one of the parents. This is so critical for long-term planning because we then can allocate lots of money for the child with no worry of a clawback from ODSP of any kind. It's also making sure that there's enough money for the child long-term. We often sit down with the, the young man or young woman and we look at their age and we look at mortality and we try to figure out how much money is going to be needed. And once we come up with that subjective amount of money, it's really the families, then we have to look at where's that money going to come from. So one of the most economic methods of securing that money is by the use of tax-free life insurance. So when I sit down with clients, although that's one of the many funding alternatives, oftentimes it's the best one for the client going forward. Right. Now, Craig, you've mentioned this key question, what will happen to my child after my death? I want to ask you to say more about the legal things that family, special needs families should think about in relation to this type of challenge. Please, please say more. Craig, please. Sure. Um, this breaks down into a few different areas. Uh, the fundamental question uh, that a family has to look at when they're thinking about planning uh, for someone with uh, a disability or special needs is they have to have an honest uh, analysis of what they think um, what level of independence they think this person will be able to achieve, both with the family support and with outside community support. That's often the, one of the very first things I'll talk about with my clients is, when you guys are gone, where do you see your child living? Are they going to live uh, in a group home supported by uh, a, a community uh, support service? Could you see them maybe living in their own place, maybe with a friend, uh, and we have support people go and visit them. So these are the types of, of kind of soft questions I'll ask to try to um, create uh, the legal uh, strategy for any individual family. 
then we get into the fundamental um, planning question, which uh, we're, I'm going to use the term guardianship. It, guardianship is a term common in Canada. There are other terms that apply in America, such as committeeship uh, and things like that. Um, when we are doing the estate plan, the purpose of the estate plan is to avoid the need for the appointment of a guardian or committee. What that means is that if, if parents are doing the estate plan correctly, they are able to make all the choices that they want to make about who will be in charge of managing the affairs of the child with special needs. And it's very important that parents get that control and keep that control to the extent that they can. Uh, another thing we'll look at, and very, very important when, when um, we're trying to uh, flush out the legal things that can be done when planning for people with special needs is, is the child... Uh, uh, does that child have sufficient capacity to possibly grant a power of attorney? That is a wonderful tool that we can implement in those cases where they have sufficient capacity. And I think the last thing is, and it's not as much um, a legal issue, um, going back to the estate plan for a sec, the goal of the estate plan is to create trusts, right? Because trusts allow the parents to keep the control I was talking about a minute ago. The last thing I just wanted to mention is it's very important for, for anybody who's trying to support people who might have to um, care for folks that, that have special needs or a disability, to encourage the parents or the primary caregivers to reach out to those community groups and get the individual with special needs out in the community as much as possible. Because at the end of the day, um, the success that a family has had in, in making those connections is really going to determine um, the success of the ability to transfer to transition that person uh, to the change that will happen when they lose their primary caregivers. Right. Just a very quick question. What, what quickly do you mean by power of attorney? Can you say that again, doctor? Yes. What do you mean by power of attorney? Sure, what? sure. A power of attorney is a document um, that, to my knowledge, is across North America that allows a person to appoint another person as the decision maker for property and personal care. So in Ontario, we have two separate powers of attorney, one for property and one for personal care. And the idea is that the, the individual, and everybody should have a power of attorney, uh, each individual appoints the, the uh, persons that they see as, as the best people to make decisions for them if they're not able to make decisions. When we're talking about people with special needs, it's my job as the lawyer to try to determine whether the individual in question has sufficient capacity to make a power of attorney for him or herself. Got it. Great. Now, I'm going to turn things around a little bit, Fred, mm -hmm. with you. Um, you've said the, told us about the advice you give, but what I'm interested in now is what the family caregivers ask you about. What are their questions? Please tell us about some of those questions you get asked. Oh, absolutely. Uh, one of the most common questions I'm often asked is, it, right at the beginning when we sit down and we talk about will planning, the structure of a will, most times uh, when I speak to people, they do not have a will. Uh, they know very little about will planning and the importance it plays. So whether it's will planning and the importance of it and properly structured just for a normal family, you can just imagine how more important it is when we have a special needs child or adult. That being said, and 
Craig alluded to it just a few minutes ago, is the next question I'm often asked is, Fred, can you explain to me powers of attorney for property and personal care? And you sit down with them and you go through that series of thoughts and why it's important. And I can give example after example of the impact, something of a properly structured uh, power of attorney. Another question I'm often asked is, Fred, I've never heard of the term Henson Trust. What is it? Uh, what are they? Um, how were they created? How do they work? So you sit down and talk to the client for a few minutes and discuss that. And then, as I alluded to earlier, uh, uh, you know, a little while ago, with respect to a registered disability savings plan, you know, how do they work? You know, what's the impact of that? How much money can I contribute? When can I start taking money out? And this is the plan that's obviously that was, um, you know, implemented in 2007. And then uh, I get another question on the Ontario disability support payments. And they all again want to know, gosh, Fred, how do you qualify for this? And how does this work? And can I apply before age 18? And what happens at age 65, or what happens to ODSP after 65? So these are the kinds of questions I'm often asked and I try to give advice on. And then there's two more. I'm often, often asked about is with respect to the beneficiary designations on life insurance. They'll often say to me, Fred, I've purchased insurance 20 years ago. My advisor is no longer with us. Could you please give a review or a second opinion? And then at the same time, they'll ask me to review their own employee benefit program as well. Right. So they, these are just a few questions that I'm often asked, Doctor. Very interesting. Now, Craig, it's really the same question to you, uh, but we talk about consulting lawyers, so I'm going to ask you about the range of things that you get consulted about in your practice, you know, from family caregivers with the special needs. And if you could just quickly indicate why dealing with these legal matters is so important. Craig, please. Sure. I'm going to start with the estate plan because whenever we're dealing with a family uh, that has to consider the needs of a person with a disability, um, that is the starting point. If you don't have the estate plan in place, and here I'm speaking specifically of the wills uh, and powers of attorney, um, you haven't dealt with anything that considers what, what happens when the primary caregivers have, have passed away. So we start with the estate plan, and I always say the same thing to parents. I say, as long as you are alive, you are the one uh, that should stay in control of your own assets and look after the people that rely on you and the people with special needs. If we do the estate plan right, we are going to create the structure that we need to create to look after that person until their time comes. So the starting point is always the estate plan. And uh, I'll just mention one thing. Uh, Fred has mentioned the Henson Trust. The Henson Trust is something specific to Ontario, but the idea of using trusts to provide for individuals with special needs is key to the estate plan. And if we do it right, you are, it's going to be the... Um, the foundation of, of taking care of that person with special needs for the rest of their life. So that's the first one. The second one is uh, guardianship and powers of attorney. And here I'll deal specifically with guardianship and go back to that point I already made, that if we're talking about parents and parents are looking after uh, an individual or child uh, with special needs, 
it's best that they keep, most of the time, it's best that they keep their assets in their own name. Uh, the reason for this, of course, is that when a person uh, who does not have capacity has assets that they own, we have to go through a court process called a guardianship application in order to give the caregiver legal authority over those assets. That is a process that we'd like to avoid whenever we can. Where I can't avoid that process, and I'll give you a real quick example, I've had a lot of cases where the grandparents of a, of a person with a disability have given either insurance proceeds, RSP proceeds, or, or a bequest and a will directly to somebody with a disability who does not have capacity. In that case, usually the parents have to turn around, pay me more money than they should have to, to uh, get legal guardianship of their child's assets. My preference is always to make sure that the parents have the plan in place and thereby avoid things like guardianship applications. Craig, I'm going to have to stop you there because of the break, but we can come back to the point in the next episode. Great. So let's go to the break now. This is Dr. Gordon Everly, my guests are Fred Ryle and Craig Ross. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Each week, take a visit inside the locker room of your favorite sport with Dez Clark. Paul Fresh Clark and Lester Scudder Davis as they bring you sportsmanlike conduct. As a current player, Des Clark can bring you inside the sports world like nobody can. His co-hosts represent the fans of the sports world. With both points of view on the table, it becomes an engaging and entertaining program to say the least. Sportsmanlike conduct can be heard Tuesdays, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile, Radio to Thrive By. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at m-y-m-o-n-a-m-i. 
AMI.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Fred Ryle and Craig Ross. Our topic is special needs planning for family caregivers. Now, let's talk more about services and support for family caregivers in special needs families. And starting with you, Fred, Mm -hmm. um, for the support and trustee advisory services you're involved with, you offer something called the Parent Planning Guide. What is this? What does it do to help family caregivers? And where can family caregivers access it? The booklet you're referring to, Doctor, was actually introduced to me about seven years ago. And it's about a 43-page book. It's uh, very takes a very cursory look at the entire process of what planning that will be needed. It will sit down if you go through it and it'll look at or assist you in terms of how to select a lawyer, uh, how to find an accountant, or what about a financial planner or even an estate planner. I often refer to this booklet as a living document in terms of having a place to finally put pen to paper on all of the soft and hard facts about their loved ones because it will be often, often reviewed. As life changes, this booklet needs to be reviewed. You know, it contains a financial model in it, and that can assist the moms and dads sitting down with the special needs son or daughter and develop a monthly budget. You know, we'll look at it and take into consideration things like food, clothing, shelter, respite programs, therapy, vacations, living expenses. And all of this is going to help them formulate a monthly amount of money that is needed and therefore looking long-term the kind of money we have to put put aside, put it in escrow for them because most of them will not be working and therefore they just need to draw or need a fund out there or a pool of money that they will just draw from. You know, it was really developed by the, you know, Community Living Mississauga and the Support and Advisory Trustee Service is really a spinoff of Community Living. And I know that if you go on to the Community Living Mississauga's website, you can certainly have access to the Support and Trustee Advisory Service booklet. Okay, great. Now, Craig, you've talked about... um legal safeguards um, for wills and estate planning. Please tell us about the main things you urge special need families and their family caregivers to consider. What are those key legal things that you'll, you, you want to talk to them about? Craig? Sure. Um, the hardest decision for um, my clients to make, and here I'm, I'm referring usually to parents of uh, children with special needs, the hardest decision for them to make is usually who, um, either in the family or in the uh, immediate family or larger family uh, or in the community, is going to be the person that manages um, the assets that we set aside for somebody with special needs. So what I'm talking about here and, and using terms that most people will recognize is who are the executors and trustees of the estate of the parents. When we're dealing with somebody with special needs, we're usually creating 
a plan and a trust that will be long-term. It will last for a long time. It should last until, of course, the death of the, of the child with special needs. So we need to take a very honest look at who in the family might be the appropriate person. And my advice to my clients is always the same. So we're going to look at maybe siblings. Uh, maybe we'll look at aunts, aunts or uncles. Maybe we have to go outside that group even to professional trustees. But my advice to my clients is always the same. You do not need to select a person with any special training. You don't need a lawyer to be the trustee. You don't need an accountant to be the trustee. We can hire accountants and lawyers and financial advisors. When you're selecting trustees, you need to identify the person that will take the obligation seriously. And I, I talk a lot with my clients about what that obligation is, and it's probably too broad for this discussion. But, again, the, the first and fundamental question is who is going to be there in 10 years and 15 years and 20 years to take part in the life of this person that we're trying to look after. So that is the fundamental one. Then we can get into more specific things like can this person live on their own? If they can live on their own, do we somehow hold a home for them? Do we use the trust to provide or own um, a, a condo or a home and make sure we get the services in there that we need? But that's really getting into the specifics. The first question that we have to ask is, who is going to be in charge? And once we've answered that question, the rest will follow. Right. Now, it's a kind of succession planning in that way, isn't it? Absolutely. You're, you're picking who is going to do your job, who do you want to do your job as the parent when you're not there to do it. Exactly right. Fred, without identifying anybody, um, mm -hmm. please could you tell us a real-life special needs success story of the support and trustee advisory services that you offer. Fred, please. I'll be happy to, Doctor. It was about three years ago or so, I had a client call me. Let's say her name is uh, Susan, to protect her. Uh, she lived in Welland and had two children. There was a daughter, Jessica, who was about 17 years of age, and she was a special needs child. And Matthew was age 15. So she calls me to review her insurance and her benefits from work. And um, so when I was, you know, talking to her, she says to me she's been diagnosed with cancer of the uterus. So I said, oh, good God, I am so sorry to hear that. However, I'll certainly come out and uh, see you. So I drove to Welland, review her plans, and assured her that all was in order. So as time goes by... And uh, over the past three years, I have been asking Susan, have you had a chance to visit a lawyer and make sure that the will is properly structured and be sure that the power of attorney and the wording of the Henson Trust is in the document? Well, she said she did not. So again, I asked her, and uh, she did not. So you keep asking her, and then eventually when she phoned the most recent time, I asked her again, and she said that she actually went ahead and did this and got the will and power of attorney and everything was in order. But at that same time, she also said to me is that I just heard from my oncologist, and after months of radiation and chemotherapy, my oncologist said I have two weeks to get my affairs in order. 
when I heard that news, I was in disbelief, and I said, oh, my God, how, boy, we have an awful lot of work to do to make sure that everything is going to be as perfect as we can be. And I asked her to not only when I'm going to come out there again, is I'm going to ask to review the will, the power of attorney, because I want to make sure that everything was done and done right and done correctly. So out I went. I reviewed her insurance and investments and made sure that the beneficiary designations were appropriate. And then I went on to ask to see her will. She did give it to me. I read it, and it wasn't completed properly. How do you tell someone that they've messed up? And I really, I couldn't. So I said, Susan, you did good, but I have to fine-tune it a bit. So I asked if there was a 7-Eleven close by, and I went and faxed the will over to Pallet Vallow. I had another will drafted. I brought out one of their top bright young lawyers with me. We amended it. We signed it. We executed it. And that was on Thursday of the second week. Susan went into palliative care on the Friday, and she died on Sunday. I'm, Fred, I'm just going to stop you there, because yes. that is a crucial key story to say that without you, there would have been a disaster. And thanks to your persistence, something got done, which we all know should have been uh, done earlier, but for human reasons, wasn't. A great story. Thank Craig, you. Same question for you. Without identifying anyone, please tell us a special needs success story you've experienced in your practice, and I'm going to have to be a little bit tight on time with you. That's Craig, fine. Please. That's fine. I'm actually, I'm not, I won't uh, be taking any credit for this story. I'm, I'm going to refer to a story um, about a mother who I saw probably do the best job that I've ever seen in planning uh, for her own son. So her son had very severe disabilities. Uh, at, she was at that time a single mother, and um, she, like anybody, had a, had friends, and, and, you know, she socialized like any regular person. And what came, the idea that came to her was uh, the idea of the circle of friends. So she took her friends that were around her and formalized a discussion with them about her needs to lean on them to look after her son when she's not around. And they actually um, began meeting quarterly, the whole group of them, to talk about what, what might be needed, how people are going to need each other. And when she did die, and she did have her planning uh, from a legal perspective in place, this practice of the circle of friends continued. And the circle of friends became something that was good for everybody, but the, the impetus for it and the purpose of it was for them to talk about the needs of this, of this child. And in that case, of course, this person didn't have any family in the country. She really only had her friends to rely on. And by setting that foundation, the friends were able to continue the practice and still to this day have meetings to discuss both stuff friends discuss, but also how are things going with this person. And it's the best, the best situation I've ever seen in the most, one of the most difficult situations I've ever seen. In other words, it was a form of succession planning of a powerful social kind, wasn't it? It led to benefits that flowed, and I 
one again uh, another wonderful story. Now we do have to go into the break. So this is Dr. Gordon Averley and my guests are Fred Ryle and Craig Ross. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. We are coming back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Help, you know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at my. M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Fred Ryle and Craig Ross. Our topic is special needs planning for family caregivers. We've been talking about special needs planning for family caregivers. Let's now talk about the planning that you would like to see, that is you both, uh, done by the healthcare, social, and other systems that special needs families rely on. In other words, I'm rather putting you in the position of politicians who are standing for election, and you, we're asking you, what's your platform going to be for family caregivers and special needs planning? So let's start with you, Craig. What planning would you like to see to increase understanding on the part of the public and politicians of the importance of special needs planning for families? Craig, please. Sure. Um, I'm going to come at this from my own role as a director of Community Living Mississauga because I think uh, that organization and, and the many, many organizations across North America that, that try to provide support uh, to both folks with, with special needs and their families are already doing this. The problem is, it, to my mind, that each individual group is, is doing their best with the budget they have, and I can tell you that they're usually doing this outside of their budget. We have staff that aren't paid a heck of a lot of money coming in on the weekends to give educational seminars to 
uh, to people in the community. So they're already doing their job. What we need, in my mind, um, is to, to try to, to get some resources in the hands of these organizations to um, unite their message. And actually, it's interesting that I used that word. I didn't plan to now, uh, noting the, the title of your program. But <laughs> to me, that is, uh, from, a, from a person involved in the services sector, the key to getting the message out. We can, get, we can ask for resources to do it because we're not getting them right now. But at the end of the day, it's the support providers that, that can come together uh, and have a message that they can deliver to everybody. And then, of course, it's going to be up to the individual family to go and ask more questions. Great. Fred, same question. What would you like to see done to increase understanding, but this time on the part of the health and social services professionals, and the understanding is of the importance of special needs planning um, for families. Fred? Sure, Doctor. I'd love to see uh, really three things. From a macro perspective is funding for the families provincially and federally. There's not enough money, I refer to the ODSP, and federally is how many other programs or what restrictions can be removed on better use of the Registered Disability Savings Plan. Now, that being said, I also uh, look at the volumes of red tape to access many of the government-assisted programs. It is very cumbersome and very difficult. We have to find a way to remove or lessen this red tape for many of the families to access many, many of the wonderful programs. And I think thirdly, speaking of the many programs that are available, I think better use of these ancillary services. So I think of organizations like Recreational Respite. I think of Bayshore Home Health. I think of uh, Connect Learning Centers, uh, Aaron Oaks. These are all facilities that are working with the child, with the adult going forward. And again, it's a better use of these services, making them aware of them. There's a number of these organizations that provide tremendous support. We just have to educate and get this out to the people. Got it. Craig, more and more family caregivers are uniting. It's a word you picked up on. I'm glad you did. (laughs) Uniting to become socially active. And you've already indicated, both of you, the way in which that tends to happen. So what do you think family caregivers who are united should be calling for in the way of changes to laws and government policies? Craig? Sure. Uh, as a starting point, and, and again, coming from my own background, and this I don't, doesn't matter where your listeners are, the starting point is that those individuals in our community with special needs deserve to have enough to meet at least the, the poverty line. I can speak for Ontario. Currently, ODSP is not at the poverty line. So what we can do as a community and as those people that, that um, care about making sure folks with special needs um, are properly supported, start by a united message to all governments that everyone deserves to be at least at the poverty line. And, and increasing the supports out there to that point would be a mind-boggling improvement over what we have now. So that's at least a united message that we could have. On a, on a more specific level, and speaking only to those listeners in Canada, 
Um, the Registered Disability Support Program that Fred has been referring to is a wonderful program um, to allow parents to save in a special way and specifically to get grants from the Canadian government um, to, to boost up the savings for folks with disabilities. Currently, there's a flaw in it in that somebody who does not have capacity, and I'm talking about an individual with special needs, if they do not have capacity, um, parents are not authorized to manage an RDSP for, a per, for an adult who does not have capacity. That requires uh, a guardianship application, which just coming from a legal point of view, I don't believe should be necessary, and I think the program should be amended to allow parents to have legal authority to manage the RDSP without guardianship. Great. Fred, back to you. What do you think family caregivers should be calling for to bring more help to family caregivers who are concerned about special needs of the families? And I'm talking generally about special needs and not necessarily in the kind of estate planning things that you've been talking about. What would you like to see brought more to family caregivers looking after special needs families? As Craig alluded to, uh, and to dovetail on his comments, you know, the United message agree 100% specifically about the artist, the RDSP couldn't agree with him more. I'm kind of taking it a bit of a different, uh, sort of a, uh, uh approach, uh, in, in terms of, uh, education, education through seminars and maybe at the micro level, you know, where if we are working with organizations, um, at chapters, whether it be cystic fibrosis, Down syndrome, multiple sclerosis, and you can go on and on and on. These are organizations that have chapters throughout the province that uh, actual families come to, they look for guidance, they look for leadership, they look for advice. So, Again, the awareness of the programs, the education through these seminars to get this message to the mums and dads that they know and let them find out that there is help. There is help. What programs are available that most of them do not even know? They look at you and they say, I was unaware of this, I was unaware of that. More specifically, how do they work? You know, where can I go to get this kind of information? You know, are there people out there that actually do this type of estate planning? So these are the things that I look more of a micro perspective is getting right down into the trenches with the families to say if we can educate them on a regular, consistent basis, let them know what's out there, let them know that on a macro perspective, maybe we can unite, maybe we can get things done, but collectively, yes, we do have a voice. I'm coming from just a standpoint of a more micro perspective. Now, if you were both standing for election, whether it's in Ontario or anywhere else, I'd vote for you, and I hope <laughs> other family caregivers would too. Because in all seriousness, what you've been saying is this, these issues you've been talking about, these needs you've been talking about, need to be given a higher profile, especially at a time when money's short, and there are concerns about finances in the future. So, that said, I want to say, first of all, thank you to our listeners. So please do email us with your comments and questions. Now, to you both, Fred and Craig, thank you for sharing with us your, you know, your experience, your insights, and your advice. But more than that, I wish you both every success in your work. 
work professionally and also the work socially that you're both doing, that is helping family caregivers unite, helping them move ahead, helping them understand, helping them cope with their challenges, which are very serious. So best of luck to you, and thank you on behalf of the families you've helped. Now, in our next episode, we'll talk about home care technology for family caregivers. So please join us, same time, same spot on the Internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being right.